Heather and her sister are special this morning, right? Lord. 
I know I'm looking forward to the day we won't have a, a temporary deal every Sunday. But uh, we, uh, so many times, uh, we as family, as parents, are not leading our children. Now, what this uh, clip that I'm about to show you is going to be is going to be promoting two things. It's going to be promoting about fathers taking a stand, grandparents too. And also about the Bible study and the movie. Now, I've shared this with uh, my Sunday night class, uh, the Sunday morning class that I attend, uh, some of the deacons and men, and uh, about uh, what I would like to do is have this study. This will be <clears throat> all the way till Brother Robert finishes, probably in uh, August, September. Uh, but uh, take a quick look at this. And that's a, get involved. With the, if you're not currently attending a Sunday night Bible study, come starting a week from tonight. All right? Okay. Thank you, Trey, for your help. You can go ahead and shut that off. Thank you, sir. Again, we have so many fathers and parents even. Matter of fact, uh, Karen last night came with a deal about courageous for men, and also on the flip side, a courageous for women, uh, because so many women have to fulfill both roles, whether it be as single moms and whatnot, but to step up, to say, I'm willing to fight. I'm willing to fight for my family. I'm willing to do what it takes to see them know Jesus, to know more about the Lord to be involved in God's work, in God's kingdom. And so many times we miss that. Uh, and it's never too late. You say, it's too late. I missed my shot. That's a lie from the pits of hell. And G Satan's going to say, I don't have any time. You don't have a chance. I don't care if you're a grandfather or a great-grandfather. You can be a role model to somebody if you will do it, what kind of role model are we being? Now, that's kind of a continuation from last Sunday morning's message on Father's and Father's Day. Uh, I pray that you'll get involved. I pray that you'll pray for our effort. Promised Land can reach out and make a difference in the lives of people in this county. If we will try, so we may miss the ball, we may strike out, but we've got to show God we're willing to take a step of faith. And speaking of a journey of faith, that's the title for this morning's message in Joshua chapter 3, a journey of faith. It was nice to be able to go to the uh, uh, ABA meeting and uh, many of them uh, I've not seen in a while, uh, and it was pretty neat to get compliments about, uh, I know even after I got on the scales this morning, I'm still, uh, since March the 10th, 30 pounds lighter than I was on March the 10th, and uh, so it was pretty neat for everybody to notice there at the uh, big meeting, and uh, we had a good time. Uh, just a small goal uh, for me, I hope and pray to keep it up. If I can just get over this calf injury. But, uh, of course, uh, it, the, the messengers were myself, Brother Norman, and Brother Trey. And uh, finally, after and the meetings aren't that exciting. They're kind of boring. They're long and a lot of reports and different things. And, of course, finally, 
Miss Merlin and Miss Karen said, uh, okay, we've had enough meetings. Y'all vote. We're going shopping, okay? And uh, they went shopping one day. Uh, of course, Trey and I and Brother Norman, we were there for the all exciting meetings that we all had. And uh, the fellowship is the greatest, and the sermons are really good. And, uh, and, and going to all the meetings, they're necessary. Uh, got to touch base with a lot of missionaries and uh, different things such as that. And, of course, earlier, if you heard the comment Brother Norman made about the curfew, is that we never saw Trey except for the meetings. He was chasing after this uh, Laura Grimes girl just all over the place. Or, and just we never saw him. He was gone. And uh, so a lot of people have been giving him a hard time about that. But uh, anyway, remember the days and uh, end up catching mine, Trey. So caught her. All right, Joshua chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. <clears throat> and let's just take off. A journey of faith. Now remember the children of Israel are going into the promised land. Hence the title for this summer series. And they're headed over there, and it's more or less about their obedience to God and getting it right, guess what, the second time around. In Joshua chapter 3, verse 1, And Joshua rose up early in the morning, and they removed from Shatim and came to Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. Now, in verse 2 it says, And it came to pass after three days that the officers... And that's the people that Moses had, uh, remember, delegated different authority to, the, to help take care of responsibility, went through the host, and they commanded the people, saying, When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priest of the Levites bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. And basically it's saying this, here's the game plan. God will... God wants us to go over here. God wants us <clears throat> to do something. Now, I'm going to ask you to, this morning, what does God want from you as a person, as a family, and us as a church? When you see God moving, what will you do? Most of us do not respond to God moving. God does something, we don't respond God gives you an opportunity to invite somebody to church. We don't take it. God gives you an opportunity to speak to someone, yet we don't do it. I mentioned two things in the introduction, if you have your uh, bulletin outline, and that is doing something that you've never done or going somewhere you've never gone. If you... If, if what you're doing for God does not fall into those two categories, then you're not living a life of faith. You say, well, I studied my Sunday school lesson. I come to church, I read my Bible, I pray. But faith is not involved in any of those things. What's involved in Sunday school, Sunday night, coming to church every time the doors are open, uh, I mean, reading and praying, what one word is involved in all of those things? You know what it is? Obedience, but not faith. You see, many times we can be obedient, but no faith. Faith involves where there's no sight. 
you know, Hebrews 11.1, 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen or unseen. We can't see. I've never done this before. That's faith. I've never gone there before. That's faith. Doing something you've never done before. Or t- saying to someone, uh, speaking to someone, and sharing Jesus with them. I've never shared Jesus with them. That's faith. Faith is stepping out into a place you've never gone before. Doing something you've never done before. Otherwise, it's just obedience. Do you see the difference? Coming to church, there's no faith in coming to church. It's obedience. You're being obedient to God. And uh, had the children of Israel ever been to the promised land before? No! They're about to go some places and do some things they've never done before. God asked Abraham to offer his only son Isaac. Had he ever done that before? No. He said, be faithful to me, but you're going to be thrown in the fiery furnace. Had they ever done that before? No. Had Peter ever got out of the boat and walked on the water? No. All of these things require faith. Faith is something totally different. A journey of faith. Most of us are not looking. It says in our text, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God. I'm in verse 3. Go after it. Look at the last words of verse 3. Go after it. But so many of us won't go after it. Go! I mean, I've heard my coach telling me, Go, Michael, go! trying as hard as I could. But many of us won't go. Go after it. It's a journey of faith, but we won't go after it. It's something we've never done before, but we won't go after it. And he says, now when you see... Now, by the way, you're waiting on God, by the way. They're waiting for the opportunity to come up. Well, to get ready for this opportunity... Let's begin reading in verse 4. And it says, there's going to be a space between you and it. In other words, wait for the ark to get on out there. In other words, wait for God's timing. About 2,000 cubits by measure. That's that's over half a mile. Okay? And uh, don't come unto it that you may know the way by which you must go. What is the end of verse 4? You've never passed this way before. You've never been, you've never done this. And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua spake unto the priests, saying, Take up the ark of the covenant, pass over before the people. And they took up the Ark of the Covenant, and they went before the people. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. Now, in getting ready to have a journey of faith, it's gonna, everybody's going to have to pitch in. I'm going to have to pitch in. You're going to have to pitch in. It takes teamwork. 
there's this leader named Joshua. He's kind of like, in a family, it would be the dad. In a church, it would be the pastor. In a company, it's going to be the CEO of the company. But it takes teamwork. A, a dad cannot lead a family by himself. In other words, he needs a wife's help. Matter of fact, I, uh, I was listening to Steve uh, teach the class this morning and mentioned Eve. And we talked about Eve and, uh, and wives and different things. Cause we're in Ephesians 5 in the class. And, uh, and he, he said something that I always kind of chuckled every time I hear it. And that is, he said, you know, Eve was a helpmeet for Adam. But, you know, I chuckle because that's a common uh, description that we've used all of our lives, a helpmeet. But really, the Bible doesn't say that the Bible is a helpmeet. It says a help meet means fitting or, it's two different words. Meet means fitting or applicable. So she's a help fitting for me. She's a help applicable for me. It's not, it's not, it's two different words. One's a noun. The other's an adjective fitting. Meet, applicable, all right? And uh, fitting for me. And she's made for me. She's made to help me. And uh, she's my help through life. So I cannot be uh, a godly father, husband, without a help, the role that God designed for me. In a church, I need your help. Now, listen to me very closely. You know what I've seen before, and y'all have seen it too, and and uh, different churches, uh, you see churches that are struggling, you see families that are struggling, you see companies that are struggling. By myself, I cannot lead Promised Land, but guess what? To do a family right, to do a church right, to do a company right, you're going to have to take risks. You're going to have to take risks. Had they ever gone over this water before? No. As a family, taking a risk means this. Uh, I've got a job making... You know, I remember back whenever I was working my very first job, whatever minimum wage was back then, I don't even think I was getting it. Sportsman's Corner, first ever public job I ever had in my life. And uh, and <clears throat> I remember she, I, she said, I'm going to give you the keys to the store... And I don't even think I was of legal age to work yet. Maybe I was, 15, but whatever. I was driving, had my own 1976 Ford Pinto 4 in the floor. Okay, I had to mash the stick down to get it in reverse. And uh, and so here's the risk. And she says, you need to do this, make coffee and, and all of these things. It was a sportsman's corner right before you get to Lake Sam Rayburn, the largest lake in Texas, okay? And uh, we had minnows, we had worms, we had everything. Make the coffee. I'd never made coffee before. She didn't tell me how. <laughs> so there was a Mr. Coffee coffee pot. I didn't know there was a slide-out thing called a filter. So I just take the grounds, I dump them inside the glass pot, okay? And the water just poured in on top of them, okay? And she said she came in that later that morning after I'd opened up. She says, Great River Coffee, okay? <laughs> You gotta let the ground settle to the bottom before you drink it. And all of that, and then one day I was redoing the minotanks and I forgot to turn the water off. A fella came in to pay for gas. He said, are there supposed to be 10 million minnows in the parking lot? I said, no, there's not. I left the water on. 
I didn't get fired over all that either. So I made coffee bad and so I tried to do everything else right. But there's risk involved because I quit that great paying job of $3 an hour and uh, took a risk on another job making 50 cents more an hour. You see, there's, it doesn't matter whether you're trying to move up the ladder and work. You know, different people at our church have come to me talking about uh, taking risks about whether it be moving jobs, moving period. But you do. There's risk involved in raising a family. You're trying to do your best. But sometimes you're going to try something that doesn't work. Or you're going to try something. And, and I'm talking about trying something not immoral. Not, I'm talking about you're trying to do right. You're trying to follow the Lord. There's risk in following the Lord. There's risk in a church. I see churches sometimes that take risks. And they, and they work out. Sometimes they don't. And by risk, I mean this. As your pastor, it's my job to try to motivate you to preach God's Word for you and this whole group to do something we've never done before. Whether it be sending a missionary to another country. Okay, to take on a program that we didn't know if it'd work or not, this upward basketball thing, they had no idea, would it work? Would it be a flop? Would it be a success? You know, you, you built a, a family life center. Would it work? Would the people be in favor of it? Doing something we've never done before. Add known, doing, I mean, whatever. There's going to be miscommunication. There's going to be this. There's going to be that. There's going to be the devil's going to throw a wrench in the system and mess things up. But can we keep our eyes on the prize, which is Jesus Christ? He's the prize. He's the goal. He's the ultimate end. When you see God moving, will we go after it? You've never gone this way before. But guess who's calling the shots here? Joshua. And what does God say to Joshua? Lead the people. He says in verse 7, This day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. Paul says, follow. he told all the churches he pastored and started, follow me as I follow the Lord. And that's, any, that's whatever wife and kid, every church member should do. Follow the husband as they follow the Lord. Follow their leadership as they follow the Lord. Well, to a husband and wife, lead your family. And he says in the end of verse 7, what's the promise? I will be with thee. Lead your family toward the Lord and he says, I'll be with you. But so many times we're leading our family for selfish reasons. We're leading the church for selfish reasons. We're leading our... And companies can be selfish too. I was reading a book by Jim Collins. It's a book basically about running companies. And it's called From Good to Great. A great read on leadership. And uh, level, it says, one of the things common in all the company CEOs that uh, went from being a good company, and there was a bunch of criteria to being a great company. If you want this church to go from good to great, if you want our church to be from good to great, I'm going to try to do my part. God will do His part. Will we do our part? One of the things common amongst the leaders, and you can be a leader in your family this way. Follow this one principle. I'm just going to pull out one principle from that book. 
And it's a, it's a biblical principle, or I wouldn't share it. All right? And that is this. Every CEO, every CEO of companies that went from good to great, and this will work in your family and in the church, every CEO in that book, in that study, any time something went wrong, they never blamed an assistant CEO or anybody else. Every CEO said, it's my bad. It's my mistake. I messed up. So a lot of times when you see families falling apart and churches falling apart, it's because prideful people will not, even if it's not their fault, even you say, they say, it's, I'll, take, I'll take the blame. I'll take the blame. But so many marriages start falling apart. It's when you're pointing the blame somewhere else. When churches start falling apart, it's when it's finger pointing and the blame is going somewhere else. When companies start falling apart, it's when it's finger pointing and the blame is going somewhere else. But that was indicative and a common denominator of all of those companies in every church is you say, I don't care. I'll take the blame. I will take the blame. Well, looking at Joshua, he says, I'll do it. I'll take the stand. It says, stand still and know. Beginning with verse 8, thou shalt command the priests that bear the ark of the covenant, saying, okay, you're going to come down to the brink of the water. Stand still in Jordan. Basically, the priests are leading the ark. The people are waiting for them to get the right distance. And the Bible says when their feet hits the water, the Jordan backs up. And according to my Bible, 18 miles upstream, okay, the city, where city of Adam was by Zaratan, it says that was, that was 18 miles upstream all the way down to the Salt Sea, basically 70 miles, boom! I mean, dried up. So they, and they get out there in the middle of the Jordan River stand, and they stand still while everybody passes by. Which is really cool that God does, says, I'm going to keep my word. I'm going to do all this. I love verse 10 where it says, God will come through. Look at verse 10. Joshua said, Hereby you shall know that the living God is among you. And this is a phrase that I love. That He will without fail. He will without fail. He'll drive out, uh, of course, this is Michael Reese terminology, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Jebusites, and I always add the termites. Okay? He's going to drive them all out. All right? And then whenever the ark passes by, what amazing words. In verse 11, it says, uh, The ark went on down there, passed before you in the Jordan. And twelve men, one out of each tribe, supposed to pick up a huge stone. And then it says that as the people made two monuments where they camped on the other side, they made a monument in the middle of Jordan, and they made a monument at Gilgal. But the final promise is this. Verse 17. The priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground. In the midst of Jordan, and all the Israelites passed over on dry ground until all the people were clean over, or passed clean over Jordan. 
And I want to ask you this this morning. Of all the things that our church has done, is doing, we need people to say, I'll take a step of faith. You know, in this great story of just crossing a river, crossing a river made a great story. Why? It was a step of faith by obedient people. That's all God wants you to do. Just a step of faith by obedient people. He said, how many of them made it across? All of them. That's right. It says all of them did. God has a promise for you. Trust Him. Lead your family. And He promises that He'll be with all of you. Take a step of faith today as we prepare for a hymn invitation. Would you bow with me for a word of prayer? Father, I ask that you would just please let your Holy Spirit be felt in our service this morning. Help us to take a journey, not only just a step of faith, but a journey of faith. Because every journey begins with a step. Will we be willing not to just be obedient, because those are everyday things. But to be looking for you to move. When we see your presence moving, will we go after it? Will we do what we're supposed to do? Dear Lord, move in our homes. Move in our hearts. Move in our lives. Help us to be uh, a church of faith. In Jesus' name, amen.